This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. I mean, it only took several months of filling in on on the men's show, but Michelle Smallman, I finally got to meet Chris Carlin. Like he was walking through the studios, like it was nothing. Got to have a good talk with him. Talked about life in Italy and all sorts sorts of fun stuff. That was pretty cool. Life and Italy. <laughs> Chris Carlin pre-show. What just, a day. What I'm a just, Thursday. I'm just going to pick up all the names I dropped. No big deal. <laughs> She's Michelle Smallman. I'm Randy Scott. Neither one of us is Canty nor Carlin. We're just trying to keep this show between the navigational beacons. Okay? Between the buoys here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. 888 3776 is the phone number, 888-SAY-ESPN. We're going to chum the waters like this, because if you're like us, if you're football fans, you're looking at this night here in Canton, Ohio, and you're like, we made it. We made it. Maybe you reach over, you take your significant other's hand, and you just give it a little <laughs> squeeze like, babe, 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 eyes. I need eyes. We made it. Okay? Hey, no, you. You. That's where we're at tonight. The football offseason is over. We have a game that may not count, but it does matter. That's the NFL preseason. The games don't count, but they do matter, and we've got one tonight, Smalls, in Canton, Ohio. It's the Jets. It's the Browns. You've already called it an AFC Championship game preview. Have I? (laughs) Have I? But I, I will say, Randy, I never expected you to use the Hall of Fame game in the name of romance. That's not how I expected us to, to yeah. kick off our Hall of Fame game discussion. So, yeah. <laughs> so yes, it is a game, but you said it matters. How much does it really matter, though? Well, this I, is more of an exhibition to me. I don't really think this matters. Okay, so let's just let's get this out of the way here. Speaking of romance, I like to lower expectations in that department. So okay. let's go ahead and say we're not, we're not going to have Deshaun Watson. We are not going right. to have Aaron Rodgers, two Correct. quarterbacks who, by their own standards, uh, underwhelmed a year ago. Uh, we are going to, though, so here's who it does matter for. Zach Wilson is getting the start for the Jets. And to continue with this romantic theme, Jets fans, that's your ex, you know? You you probably had a little shiver just now thinking, like, i got to watch my ex again. That's <laughs> what's going on tonight. So this game matters for Zach Wilson. I would argue maybe it matters for Nathaniel Hackett a little bit. His name's been dragged through the mud recently, right? Sean Payton loudly, loudly, boisterously calling into question the coaching from the Broncos a year ago. So I think you want to, to the extent that any Hall of Fame game matters, mm-hmm. I think you want to put some decent plays in. You want to move the football. I think Zach Wilson is the beginning of a of a continued audition. And because of Aaron Rodgers' age, I mean, it's probably not for all 31 other teams. He could be auditioning for the right to remain a Jet once uh, the Rodgers era is over. Yeah, I'm interested to see how much Aaron Rodgers does get used in the preseason because historically starting quarterbacks get a certain amount of reps and especially a quarterback of his age, you're going to want to protect the body. But he is also in a new franchise and he is trying to develop that chemistry and cohesion with his new weapons. And uh, Nathaniel Hackett's offense, even though they're familiar with one another, they're still working together again and getting that vibe right. So I'll be curious to see if he plays a little bit more than expected or if they are going the the logical route, which is to protect him a little more going into the season. What do you expect, Randy? He, he wants to. I, I, you know, you're going to say all the right things as a quarterback, right? You're not going to try to create more distance or uh, more of a class system within your own locker room from Aaron Rodgers and and everybody else. I think he does need to get reacclimated a little bit with what Nathaniel Hackett does, but I don't think he needs more than a game of extended run. So you don't see him tonight. I don't think you see him in in what would amount to their week two. 
And remember, if you play in the Hall of Fame game, you play an extra preseason game. So you play four as opposed to the rest of the league playing three. So I think you see him in week three. I think he goes out. I think he plays a quarter and a half. And then you know you put him in bubble wrap and, and, and call it because this whole thing comes undone. This entire thing unravels if anything happens to now the oldest starting quarterback in the NFL. Really the entire season unravels for either one of these teams if something happens to their starting quarterback. The success yeah. of either... I would, I would argue more the Browns' success hinges on Deshaun Watson returning to form because while Aaron Rodgers vaults the Jets into the Super Bowl conversation, the mm-hmm. defense is what is, is going to make them an elite football team and carry them through, just like it did last year. I think the defense is more of a tipping point for the Jets in the offense. Whereas with the Browns, if Deshaun Watson looks like we saw him down the stretch last season, the Browns are in big, big trouble. So, okay, that, that dovetails nicely into what I think the, you just answered here. Who has more pressure? It's one thing to say that a team is more reliant on either of these quarterbacks, but you feel like Deshaun Watson has more pressure on him than a guy in Aaron Rodgers whose window is only, I mean, Michelle, it's two years, tops. I think Deshaun Watson has more pressure on him, Randy, and it's by a country mile. I don't even think it's close. I know the expectations are incredibly high for the Jets. I know Aaron Rodgers left Green Bay and he got what he wanted and all eyes in the NFL are going to be on him. But if he does not win another Super Bowl in New York, I would argue Aaron Rodgers' legacy is still set, regardless of what happens. He's won a Super Bowl. This is a multiple MVP. He's one of the best throwers of the football that this league has ever seen. Mm -hmm. If Deshaun Watson looks like he did last year and not the 2020 version of Deshaun Watson, this will be one of the most expensive failures in the NFL. They gave up not only a NFL record $230 million in guaranteed money to acquire this guy after all of the off-field issues that he that he dealt with, self-created but dealt with. They also gave up a ton of draft picks, including three first-rounders for him. So not only financially did they invest, but they mortgaged their future for him to get what should be an elite quarterback that puts them in contention. I know last year he had all of the off-field stuff. He was suspended, and he had a while to to get settled we did not see the best version of deshaun watson if they don't get the best version of him they're in trouble uh i think the ceiling is so much higher for the jets than it is for for the browns and i think it's because they need competent quarterback play so i would argue that what the jets gave up now it's not as i mean you running through the the draft compensation (laughs) for what cleveland gave up for deshaun watson is astronomical. I, the, the the Jets were not as willing to part with the draft picks. Uh, I mean, we get, the Packers are going to get a first-round selection, a second-round pick, a six-round selection, and a conditional second-round choice. It's not as franchise mortgaging as <laughs> as what Houston obtained from Cleveland, and the contract is nowhere close. I get that. But they, the Jets are so dependent upon this man. I know what you said about the defense. I know what you said that uh, the defense and the ground game are going to be what carries the Jets like they did like a year ago, but that's why Rodgers is there. They don't want a year ago. They 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 want the differentiator. They 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 want the X factor. They want the thing that gets them uh you know very much into the playoffs as opposed to as opposed to watching it. And for me, that's why Aaron Rodgers, especially the fishbowl that is New York relative to Cleveland, like all due respect to Deshaun Watson and the Browns, like when Deshaun Watson debuted last year, when he came back from his suspension, 
GetUp wasn't doing an entire week's worth of Deshaun Watson programming the way that we've had an entire summer of New York Jets programming. And yeah, does that have something to do with the fandom of the host? Okay, sure. I think Greeny would acknowledge. <laughs> and the market, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but the market is what fuels the pressure in this case. And for me, that's Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers has to prove he still has it at 40. Watson just has to prove that, I don't know, that that he's better. Like, the bar is so low from last season. He just has to prove he's better than that. Let's, let's see who uh, Mike Sando agrees with, senior NFL writer. This time of year for the Athletic comes out with his quarterback tiers. It, it, T-I-E-R-S, it is appointment reading. It, it truly is, where he polls GMs and coaches and anonymous sources around the league, and they assign a tier ranking to all starting quarterbacks. It's fascinating. Somebody gave Patrick Mahomes a second-tier grade last year. I think this year he finally swept uh, all Tier 1 grades. But here's Mike Sando, and he's talking about who has more pressure, Rodgers or Watson. I think there's a lot more attention focused on Rodgers. There was a weird thing that I think happened with Deshaun Watson where he was so in the eye of the storm with all of those allegations, and then it felt like people kind of got fatigued of it. And I don't feel like the, I think like the Browns are kind of one of those teams that hasn't been paid as much attention to that could be anything. I mean, they, if he plays great again, they're going to be right in the mix. But he played so poorly in the six games last year that we're not sure. Now, at stake, he's got the money coming either way. I think Rodgers is really interested in the legacy here. Obviously, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, an all-time great, but you know, Tom Brady was able to move on when people were doubting him and have a second act that was legendary, won a Super Bowl. I think Rodgers can really gain a lot if he can do something similar. Uh, yeah, he could gain a lot if he does it, but to your point, Michelle, I and I agree with you, I think his legacy is secure. I think this could be much like Brady winning a Super Bowl in Tampa was for the Patriots. This could be a way to kind of needle you know, the folks that he feels like wronged him, slighted him, thought less of him in Green Bay. Yes, but as Mike Sando pointed out, his his Hall of Fame status is already signed, sealed, delivered. Mm-hmm. I think about this, Randy, not in immediate terms, but how are we going to view this five years down the road? If Aaron Rodgers does not win a Super Bowl with the Jets or d- doesn't have playoff success with the Jets, we're still going to be talking about him going to the Hall of Fame. We're going to be still talking about his greatness and the impact that he had on the game of football. When the dust settles, we won't. this will not be the defining moment of his career. If Deshaun Watson looks like he did last year and not the 2020 version of Deshaun Watson, and by, last year statistically he was one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. It was atrocious. We will be looking at this as one of the all-time dumbest moves by an NFL franchise. The Cleveland Browns will be so far beyond a factory of sadness. They will be a factory of embarrassment. You gave this guy who hadn't really played football in how many months? I mean, it was really like almost two years at that point. $230 million in guaranteed money and mortgage. I think they gave out five draft picks, three first-rounders. In order, with with all of the off-field stuff that was going on, you took a huge gamble. And if it does not pay off, we are going to use this as one of the defining moments of the Cleveland Browns. We are going to put it in the files of why the Cleveland Browns are the factory of sadness. That they went out and got Deshaun Watson and he could not return to 2020 form. He could not be an elite quarterback. 
a factory of sadness is a tremendous way to put it. And I think it's been that way for the Jets at their quarterback position. We were talking about the QB tiers that Mike Sando puts out, and I kind of had to, I, I felt the need to spell it because we're talking about two franchises. I mean, the Browns' history at the quarterback position is so famous, people can close their eyes and see that homemade fan jersey with all of the names cascading down, right? Every quarterback since Bernie Kosar, and it's just. Like, to your point, it's a factory of sadness. Well, the Jets have a seat at this table as well, and Zach Wilson has his own engraved seat with what he did or perhaps what he didn't do over the last couple of seasons in that uniform. And you could argue that this preseason is his last opportunity to market himself to 32 NFL franchises. Is he, in your opinion, auditioning for other teams this preseason here, Michelle? He's two years in. He has two more guaranteed years left on his contract. That is his contract. They are guaranteed. It's about $9 million in change that the team has to pay him over the next couple of years. And then after that, the Jets decide whether they exercise a fifth-year option or they turn him loose. Is Zach Wilson auditioning for other teams this preseason? I would say to some degree, yes. He's going to be with the Jets for a while, but clearly he's not the long-term option and some other franchise is going to roll the dice on him. They're going to take a chance on him. He's probably looking at Geno Smith as the blueprint, right? Somebody that had all these expectations, didn't work out, moved around, and then ended up getting another shot and really took advantage of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if I'm Zach Wilson, anytime that I am on that football field, I'm putting my I, I'm putting my best foot forward and I'm doing everything I can to prove that I am still a viable quarterback in this league. Zach Wilson is shade under 1,700 yards, six touchdowns, seven interceptions. I've got that as not great. Anytime your, your touchdown-interception ratio is in the red, it's not... It's not good. It's not great. (laughs) Um, But then you've got Nathaniel Hackett coming in as your offensive coordinator. And if you're Zach Wilson or if you're the Jets or if you're Hackett, I mean, there is such vested interest in this man's success. In the quarterback position in this preseason, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or someone else, um, you know, whoever the the third string quarterback might be, if it's not Zach Wilson, uh, making sure that the quarterback position looks better this preseason. This is not a preseason where they can come out and go 0-4 and not move the football. They have to look better than they did in the regular season at times. I I get it. I I get that the games don't count, but there is so much. This is the the situation. This is the bed that the Jets have made for themselves. You have now brought optics into it. To to a certain extent in this preseason, Mm -hmm. it's not win or lose. It's how you look doing it, and that has not been kind to Zach Wilson in his career. So Wilson and Hackett have to meld together better than Mike LaFleur, who was the outgoing OC, and Zach Wilson did. Like, Wilson has to prove, hey, it was the system, it wasn't me. And you bring up another name that has a lot of pressure surrounding him, and that's Nathaniel Hackett, who also has to prove that... I might not have worked out as a head coach, but I'm still a heck of a coordinator. And that's I'm going to be really interested to see, Randy, if... Things don't go well for the Jets, how the blame pie is distributed. Are we going to point to Nathaniel Hackett? Are we going to point to Aaron Rodgers? Are we going to point to Robert Sala? There's there's obviously based on what happens, we will make that determination. But it really feel we talk a lot about pressure. Does Deshaun Watson have pressure? Does Aaron Rodgers have pressure? Nathaniel Hackett is right there at the top of the list for people that are trying to prove themselves yet again. And Aaron Rodgers defended his guy tooth and nail. After Sean Payton made oh, his yeah. comments to USA Today. So you've got one of the best quarterbacks to ever do it come out saying that you're one of the best offensive and football minds that he's worked with. Now you actually have to go out there and prove that as well. 
I now I get it, Jets fans. You can call in if you. I mean, seriously, Jets, Packers, Browns. I mean, everybody is uh, is out here <laughs> catching these verbal hands. But eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six eight 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 say ESPN. I get it. Like the, the NFL preseason is a time where sometimes fans can win raffles for the rights to call plays. Like we're not super dialed in as fans or as critics to every single play, the result thereof. But the offense has to look better. It, it optics matters in this preseason for this franchise that has put itself through its own doing and some of it from us and from the NFL Network and and other factors, uh, hard knocks, but that has put itself very much in the image business. Okay, it's not, you can't, we don't have games that that count in the standings here for another six weeks, uh, but we do have fodder here for this one franchise. I would say the Cowboys too with Dak Prescott. That's where you are right now. You're in Cowboys country. Okay, every little every little aspect that you're under the microscope in is being dissected, and that includes up to and especially uh, the quarterback position. So you're right about Nathaniel Hackett. That's I, Michelle. I would say that's a good thing. They say that sometimes in a lot of different areas, a lot of different businesses. Um, if you can find someone, I know they say it at, at ESPN too. If you can find someone who's invested even slightly in your success, that's how you stand out. Mm-hmm. So on an NFL franchise where it's 53, you know. Uh, you know, a 53-man roster, whatever the case may be, if you have someone in the coaching staff, the front office, a scout, who has attached some semblance of their own success and reputation to your success, you're going to be given more opportunities. And that's what Nathaniel Hackett is going to give to his offense. And Zach Wilson would certainly uh, be wise ooh, to take advantage of that. And I roll my eyes at it because we haven't seen him take advantage of anything in the NFL yet. Uh, so that's the quarterback position. That is Michelle Smallman. I'm Randy Scott. What about the running back position? And what does one NFL running back, one of the best in the game right now, think about the devalued market? He's going to join us. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Ho, 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 ho. I bet you got it twisted. You don't know who to trust. All right, it's uh, Michelle Smallman, Randy Scott. That was just off the top of the dome. Are you West Coast? Oh, in the for rap sure. battle? Yeah. Oh. Well, I'm from, I was born in San Diego. No big deal. And wow. I, I don't want to answer any other uh, security questions. You know, house sure. I grew up on, pet's favorite name, mom's maiden name. Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Series XM Channel 80. She is Michelle Smallman. I'm Randy Scott. We're in for the guys. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. And joining us on the call in line right now, 888 Say ESPN. 
Uh, I got him as the best, most versatile running back in the game. All due respect to Saquon Barkley and and everybody else. But Austin Eckler's with us uh, from God's country out there where the Los Angeles Chargers train, and he's kind enough. He's joining us now, actually, on behalf of of Abbott, is Austin Eckler. And recently, Austin and other pro athletes participated in Abbott's Winning From Within Soccer Clinic and Nutrition Education Session, uh, where they received direct instruction from Real Madrid coaches and staff. We are going to get into that, but I want to start, first of all, Austin, with you know thanking you for, for taking the time and uh, diving into you know finances of football, which are taking center stage this offseason, and your guy, Justin Herbert, just got paid. What's... What's one thing about this this nine figure contract man uh, that the casual fan doesn't know? You know, beyond the hair and the headband and the rocket arm. <laughs> hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me on. Um, but yeah, man, this man, uh, you know, has, has been you know getting it done for us, right? Being consistent. Uh, I think he needs us around him to help him out to make sure you know we can make a deeper run. Uh, but he's going to give us a chance. And so, one thing that I would say. Um, about Justin that I love about him is how how much he reminds me of Philip when it comes to the media and like Philip was never in the media Philip was just football 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 and Jay Herb is the same way like it, it reminds me so much of of how Philip was his mindset about football and being able to play with both of these guys I'm like dang this guy's his growth has been jumping year after year um, where his mental, his competitiveness, and I'm just excited to continue to see him go down this route of just really just loving football and then just being in it and then because it helps him just focus and he just is around it. And then when you're around it, it makes it easier on us um, as players around him because he can direct us. He's really bought in. He understands the scheme and can be that chief and leader out there on the field. Well, one thing, Austin, that has been in the media recently is a lot of discussion about your position, the running back position. I know that you recently organized a Zoom call with a bunch of your peers, your running back peers, to discuss what's going on with the position, the landscape of the position, the financial ramifications of the commission position. And I was reading some comments that you gave to USA Today where you said that that call was education-based and you were going to figure out how you can combat what's happening with the running backs and decide if it's worth combating in the future what is next for your position moving forward yeah um you know our position is is still a pivotal role in every offense and so what is next as far as short term is us continuing to prove that us continuing to have you know our top guys go out there and be the top guys if you're a five star i need you to be a five star um you know right now we're getting in a situation where some of our top guys are getting compared to the the generalities of of playing the running back position where maybe it's not the most productive and maybe it's this and that. You can pull up stats to say it's amazing, to say it's bad. But right now our top guys are getting compared to the generalness of, of running backs. And, you know, we need our guys to go out there and continue to play at a high level. I got to go out there and continue to play at a high level. I got to score another, you know, 20 touchdowns, be consistent, run for 1,600 yards, you know, passing, catching. Just continue to play the sport at a high level because that will be the best thing that we can do to combat are these running backs, you know, impactful enough to be able to pay us, which as for whatever reason, it's become this narrative. Um, and so there's, there's more planning to do um, for longer term, but short term, that's what I want to see our guys go out there and do. And I know they're, that's what they're doing. Um, and so I'm looking forward to seeing this year kind of play out um, and us keep making the impact. We're talking with Austin Eckler of the uh, Los Angeles Chargers here joining us. And, and so <laughs> speaking to your, to your phrase there, you know, in the short term, it was very quickly after the summit, you know, after the Zoom where Saquon turns around and, and, and signs his one-year deal, uh, I'm just curious, 
from someone who helped lead that summit to then that deal getting signed and yourself, what, what was your reaction when you saw that he was going to go ahead and make that move? Yeah, I thought that was great. Um, just like what I talked about, like we need to go keep making an impact. And if, you know, if you and your team and your scenario feel like, Hey, we want to get back out there. We'll take this contract now. It'll be a one year, but we're going to get back out there and continue to do that. Go do that. If you want to be in a situation, you know, that's differently where you think that's a power stance, like maybe with Josh Jacobs, what's going on there, then take that. Whatever you see as the best play for you moving forward, you and your team have to come up with that because it's an individual basis. You can't make a general assumption for every running back and every, you know, guy that got franchised. But if he's like, okay, look, I'm going to play on a one year. He's taking the risk there, obviously. He was going to be forced into the franchise tag, it seems like, anyway. So, all right, he got a little bit more out of the deal, which is amazing. Um, and now, guess what? He gets to go prove again, prove again, mm-hmm. you know, why he is going to be a huge contributor to that New York um, offense. Austin, I know you talked about the short term, long term. Once the season gets going, I know you guys have a lot on your plate. You're busy. But do you have any plans to continue these Zoom calls? After you guys wrapped that, did you say, let's get together and chat about this X amount of times a year or just we'll revisit it when it's necessary? Yeah, we're definitely going to revisit it. And I think it's um, something that us as a a union have to do, you know, just better in the future is continue to get on um, more frequent calls, which um, we have our new executive director right now. So it's. It's been, you know, a work in progress getting Lloyd up to speed. Um, but in the main in the main portion of the union, it's players, right? Players. We have our staff, yes, but players are the union. So if we want to have change, if we want to talk about discussions, it needs to be player-led. Um, and we have to go out there and actually put those together. So absolutely, there's going to be more of those. Um, um, when, who knows, uh, maybe keep this one under the radar because of – now I have to answer a thousand questions about, you know, what's going on with the running back. So like, yeah. Hey guys, let's keep this one down and, you know, keep our heads down a little bit and, you know, maybe pop up when we need to, if that's in the plan. But um, yeah, there's definitely got to be more conversations about all of this. I mean, to your point, exactly. Like, was there a party that's like, man, why is this getting out? It, because I'm thinking of, I think it was Derek Henry who spoke on it and maybe that's what it is. Uh, you know, he's a, a, a massive boulder of a human, so no one's going to tell him to uh, stay quiet. But I was kind of surprised that the details of it got out as as much as they did. Did it strike you a certain way? Um, no, not for this first one, because I think it was important for us to make sure we were heard um, because we were kind of getting drug across the floor, not even kind of. We were definitely getting drug across the floor as far as all the new contracts coming out this year with all the running backs. Um, and so it was good for us to get this out there um, because I think – the narrative right now is is being just is trying to justify why the owners are doing what they're doing, and when that's the only thing that's going on out there, now everyone's like, oh yeah, they're right, they're right, mm-hmm. like oh that's right, and it's like, wait a minute, us as running backs are like, whoa, whoa, everyone needs to hold up. So us getting in the media, having these conversations is definitely beneficial, making sure that we have some type of, um, you know, consistent narrative that we want to keep pushing out there. Um, and I know for me, it, it comes back to you know our top guys cannot be compared to the general running back position when it comes time for compensation, because that's not, that's not accurate. That's not how you, that's not how you treat any other position. You don't treat any position where the top guys are compared to the general position. And that's how you pay them. Um, the top guys get paid top money because they're making a top impact on the team. And so that's where there's a little disconnect because now the running backs are getting for whatever reason yeah. treated this way. You know, it happened to the tight ends. You know, it's happened to the to the safeties, and so now we're going through it. And so now we got to be combative, combative of it and making sure we're putting our narrative out there. 
Austin, we really appreciate your insight in this issue. I know you're probably sick of answering questions about the Zoom call, so let's pivot to football. You have a new offensive coordinator. Tell me what a Kellen Moore offense is going to look like with the Chargers. Ooh, man. Well, first of all, you got to look at our team. Um, you know, our team, there's playmakers all over the place. Um, and, you know, some of the things that have held us back in the, in the past has been our consistency. And you can define why that's been for many different reasons, but we've just been inconsistent. Um, let's just start there. And so, really, we're trying to find some type of consistency within our offense um, as far as being able to start games fast, being able to finish. Um, and for us, we don't know what it's, we don't know what it's going to look like. Um, we know that we have a lot of playmakers, but, you know, it's interesting because as players, we get evaluated during the preseason, but coaches, they get evaluated during the season. So time will tell as we continue to get into games. Uh, but right now, obviously, we're just implementing our offense. And then, you know, as the season continues to go on, we're going to find our strengths, what we're good at, what we're not. And that's probably what we're going to be playing around. And so I'm expecting a lot of um, a lot of high scoring games. I mean, that's, that's what I want. I'm going to be in the end zone, you know, jamming out with my guitar celebration, scoring <laughs> fantasy points, you know, making everyone happy there. Um, and you know, we have other guys around me that can do the same. So, and her, we got her, like for us, like there's no excuses anymore, you know, like, come on, you have enough consistent guys. Now you, we just got to put it together. And so I'm hoping help, uh, Kellen can help us do that. Austin, I know your goal is to win the Super Bowl, but do you have any personal goals that you set before you entered the season? And if so, what are some for 2023? Yeah. Ooh, this is an interesting question for me because it's weird because for me, like my goal isn't necessarily to win the Super Bowl. Um, I think the Super Bowl is the result of my goal. Mm. Uh, ah. If that makes sense to you. Okay. Love that. Yes. Love that. Yes. And so for me, it's continue to be consistent and continue to build within the role that I have with this team. Um, so right now, my current role is, look, Austin, you're a captain. Austin, we need you to be kind of this backbone of, hey, if things go wrong, we can throw you the ball, right? If we in the red zone, we need to lean on you. You got to score a touchdown. So continue to do that. But now it's like, okay, what else can I potentially add on to that? You know, you know, this question, we're, our running game last year was, was terrible. It was like second in, from last in the league. Um, so it's like, okay, can we, we got to up that. We, we have to up that. So I got to continue to do what I was doing last year. Okay. And then there's other aspects where I can help out. And that's not just me. That's a whole team collective, but I'm, a, I'm involved in that. So I need to do my part and being able to continue to expand on my role. And it's never like, Oh, I need to get a thousand yards. Just make sure I'm more efficient than I was last year. And so continuing to build off of what I've done in the past is what I do in football. It's what I do off the field. And you know, that's how I kind of live my life. Awesome. And so a result of that would be helping our team get to the, get to the Super Bowl. Uh, hopefully, I didn't mean to jump you there. No, that was an important dismount. I want to, I do not want to let you go uh, before you tell us about the soccer clinic with Real Madrid that you participated in. That sounds fun. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a great time. Um, so yeah, there was a clinic. You know, over the over the summer, um, we get a little free time, and uh, I had an opportunity to go hang out with uh, Real Madrid. Uh, you know, coaches and Abbott was putting out on a, prod, uh, a clinic with us as well, um, and kind of got the full. Um, like ecosystem of playing on the field, right? How they treat their nutrition with, you know, Ensure Max Pro uh, Protein, 
Um, you know, and so we were making smoothies, right? And Shermax protein has 30 grams of high uh, quality protein, one gram of sugar, um, essential vitamins. And so we had like a smoothie competition. We had some, you know, other athletes there, influencers there. Um, we had a soccer game, which my team won, by the way. Nice. Um, and so it was a whole mix <laughs> of nutrition, of soccer, um, and just really a good opportunity to kind of spread the word uh, about both of those, staying active and good health and nutrition. And then, yeah, you can check it out on my Instagram as well if you want to see some of the highlights from that. And, you know, my guy Mark Ingram was there. Um, and so there's some other notable people that we know we had a good time with and, and put on probably. And we beat Mark Ingram's team, just throwing that out there too. Go check it out. Yeah, had to be done. Had to be done. Austin, appreciate you so yeah. much, man. Thank you for the time. Best of luck. Best of health this season. Heck yeah. Thank you. I appreciate right. you having me. That's Austin Eckler joining us on the call in line 888-SAY-ESPN. Michelle Smallman, Randy Scott. We continue our NFL two-a-days with the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Oh, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. This was the song of the summer back in 2011. Uh, ESPN app. Seriously. Shout out to Wiz. Channel 80. That's Michelle Smallman. I'm Randy Scott. We're in for the guys. 888-729-3776. 888-SAY-ESPN. NFL Two-A-Days continuing today. We've got our focus on the uh, Steelers and the Packers. So two nationwide brands. Although if you're a fan of any other team in the AFC North, uh, we're talking cockroaches today. Because Steeler fans are everywhere. You can't get rid of them. They're generational. They're (laughs) so ingrained uh, into the fabric of the National Football League. And I wouldn't mind being a Steelers fan this year, Michelle. Uh, Coming off a nine-win season a year ago, the vibes are immaculate coming out of camp. Uh, People are so high on Kenny Pickett. They're so high on George Pickens. And I, I feel like this is almost addition by subtraction on the offensive side of the football because you really saw the offense, in my opinion, I don't want to say take off. They weren't you know, a 40-point a game offense, but it seemed like Pickett found his stride once Chase Claypool was sent to Chicago, and sometimes that can happen. you got a guy who's not happy, uh, not getting the football in the locker room, makes it known. you got a rookie, might be impressionable, whatever. Uh, I, think, I think Pickett is poised to take a step, and if that happens... And I think the defense gets better with Joey Porter Jr. I feel like this is a double-digit win team, and we're talking playoffs again. Really? Where do you yeah. think that they even rank within their own division, Randy Scott? I'm not. I I got to <laughs> see it from Deshaun. Well, I think they're at least third. I think they're at least third. If okay. Odell Beckham Jr. and I'm not wishing this, but if OBJ, a guy with health issues in his career, gets hurt again, it, we're back to the same issue with Lamar Jackson. What if Lamar Jackson gets hurt again? There, there are question marks with Baltimore. There are question marks massively with Deshaun Watson, that offense in Cleveland. And then, you know, we got Joe Burrow's got a calf injury. Like, I, I think right now, at this point of training camp, there are fewer questions with the Pittsburgh Steelers than there are with any other team in that division. Well, they certainly don't have questions with their head coach. That's the one thing that I always take into major account when I try to evaluate or prognosticate on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing record. And last year, they were streaky at times. They they obviously went on a run to help preserve that record for him of never having a losing record. Kenny Pickett looked good at times, wasn't great overall. But with Mike Tomlin at the helm, I always expect this team to somehow find a way to be competitive. Yeah, yeah, they will. They they. They are Belichickian in that they don't make the shoot-yourself-in-the-foot mistakes. They don't beat themselves. They win in the margins largely. That I mean, this team was not a nine-win team last season. That was probably Mike Tomlin's best coaching job. It truly was. Maybe outside of the super, the first Super Bowl season, uh, rather the Super Bowl season with, with Ben Roethlisberger and, and company down in Tampa. But, but this, what they were able to cobble together offensively, I think Allen Robinson comes on. I mean... 
you to find me a you know maybe maybe you know Tyreek Hill and, and Waddle in uh, in Miami, but Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, and Allen Robinson that has the potential to be the best. I would say the best wide receiver group in their own division, and yeah, that includes you know the the the, uh, the talent with Jamar Chase and T Higgins uh, there in Cincinnati. But do you think they're a playoff team, Randy? I do. I do think they're a you playoff do. team. You do. I do. You really do. I think the Browns are going to break some hearts this year in Cleveland. I really do. And I hate saying that because I love those fans. But we'll see. You can call in 888-SAY-ESPN. The number 888-729-3776. We go from the pros to college. Okay, what does the future of college football like with this realignment that is running rampant? It is Hulkamania in college football. Michelle Smallman, Randy Scott. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.